Hello, everyone. My name is Andrew, and my name is Anna. And you're listening to the Culips English podcast. Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to Culips. This is Chatterbox, the Culips series for intermediate and advanced English learners. That features natural, unedited conversations between native speakers about an interesting topic, or a current event, or maybe even a hot issue. And today, I'm joined by my co-host Anna. Hey there, Anna. Hey, Andrew. How's it going? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Anna, today we have kind of a current event and a hot topic to talk about. It is something. That is related to the pandemic. It's also an economic issue, and I think it's going to be、uh, an interesting conversation, and maybe something that our listeners have never really even heard about before. Our topic for today is shrinkflation. It's a, a little bit difficult to pronounce, even shrinkflation. Shrinkflation. Okay, so we'll get into all of the details about what shrinkflation is and what our opinions and thoughts about this topic are in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to let all of our listeners know about the transcript and study guide that's available for this episode for all Culips members. And following along with the study guide while you listen to us here today, everyone is the best way to study with us. And by becoming a Culips member, you'll be able to support us and keep allowing us to make English lessons for people all over the world. There are also a bunch of fantastic bonuses that you'll get when you become a member. So to sign up and get the study guide, just visit Culips.com. We also wanted to give a big shout out to our listener Nahyun from South Korea, who left us a very nice comment and a five star review on Apple Podcasts. And you wrote best podcast channel ever. I am a Korean student who enjoys listening to Coolips. I didn't really listen to podcasts, but since I got to know the Coolips channel, I've been listening to the episodes, including the old episodes. Thank you for always telling me good conversations and expressions. The stories about career that come out from time to time are so exciting and interesting. I'll be waiting for more conversations to come. Take care and have a happy day. I love it. Thank you, Nayeon, for that great review. And listeners, if you want to hear your name shouted out at the start of an upcoming Culips episode, then all you have to do is do exactly what. Nayeon did, and that is leave us a positive review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or really whatever platform you use to listen to Culips. And we ask you to do that because it will help more English learners around the world find Culips and study with us. So if you could find the time to leave us a five-star rating and a short review, we would really appreciate it. And with that being said, Anna, I think we can jump into our main topic for today, which, once again, to remind everyone, is shrinkflation. Shrinkflation. So, Anna, I guess we should start by defining and breaking down exactly what this is for our listeners, because 
It may be new to many of them. In fact, it was kind of new to me when I first learned about it. And it was this the first time that you heard of this issue, shrinkflation, recently? I think it is. When we were looking at the topics, I was thinking, oh, I'm very familiar with inflation. But shrinkflation, even though actually when I look at the definition, I think, oh, I know what that is. But perhaps I hadn't heard the term before. I guess shrinkflation could be described as being the evil twin of inflation. I like that. The evil twin of inflation, because yes, they are both negative things uh, in most people's opinions, I think. So let's start with talking about what inflation is. So inflation occurs when prices rise, but our wages don't rise and we actually have less buying power. We can buy less with our money. Okay, that is inflation. Now, on the other hand, shrinkflation is what happens when prices stay the same, but the quantity or the amount that you get is less than before. And many shoppers from around the world, I know at least in the USA and in Canada, maybe even in Europe as well. Anna, you can tell us about the situation in Europe in a moment. But many shoppers have noticed that this is happening a lot recently. So people are going to the grocery store, going shopping, they're buying the same products as they always have. But when they closely inspect the box, they notice that the amount of the product is less than it was before. So Let's say, for example, maybe in the past you bought a box of cereal and to keep things easy, let's just say the box of cereal contained 300 grams of cereal inside. Well, when shrinkflation occurs, you go to the grocery store, you buy that box of cereal, you pay the same price, but instead of getting 300 grams, you only get like 280 grams. So you're paying the same price but you're getting less in return. This is exactly what shrinkflation is. And I'm going to give a perfect example of something that I've experienced. Have you ever gone to the to the supermarket and you've bought a packet of crisps? I say packet of crisps, but people in America will say chips. Andrew, do you say chips? I say chips or potato chips, but yeah, crisps I can understand, but I don't use that word now. <laughs> Well, for me, a packet of crisps. And have you ever gone and bought a, a packet of crisps? And then you open it up and you think, there's a lot more air in here than there was last time. Yeah, they put so much air in the packaging that when you open the bag, it looks gigantic. And then you see the amount of chips or crisps that are in the bag and it looks pretty small often. Yeah, so that's definitely one of the products I've noticed that that happens to. Also, I think ice cream is one of the products that gets affected by shrinkflation. But honestly, I think a lot of companies right now are looking at this tactic to try and pass on the cost to the customer. So watch out. There may be a shrinkflation happening near you. So Anna, that's a great point that you just mentioned uh, about why shrinkflation is happening right now and why it is in the news and on so many people's minds. And maybe we should talk about some of the reasons why shrinkflation is happening. And it's really kind of like a perfect storm 
I think, of economic issues that are causing it to happen. When we say something is a perfect storm, what does that mean exactly, Anna? When I said there's a perfect storm of issues causing shrinkflation, so a perfect storm could be described as a bad situation caused by a combination of bad circumstances. Exactly. So the the storm here is shrinkflation, and there are many issues that are causing it. That are happening at the same time. So why don't we run through some of these causes of shrinkflation? I think at the heart of it is the pandemic, right? The COVID pandemic that is affecting people around the world and the world's economy as well. And one of the things that is really influencing shrinkflation here is that there are labor shortages. Labor shortages. So labor means. Workers, right? There's not enough workers these days. Some people got laid off because of COVID and didn't go back to work. Some factories, some producers of raw materials had to lay people off, meaning they had to fire them, right? They couldn't employ them anymore because of safety protocols. There are also People who got a taste of working from home and they didn't want to go back to the office or go back to the factory to work. So there are many issues behind labor shortages these days, but that is one of the reasons. So when there are fewer workers available, that means that、uh, there are shortages with production, or that producers have to pay higher wages to keep staff on, and this means that these producers. Need to pass the cost on to the consumer, right? And so there are two options for how they can pass that cost on. They could either raise the prices, or they could do shrinkflation and give you a smaller amount for the same amount of money. So I think that's the first factor that's really at the heart of it here. Anna is labor shortages. But that's not the only thing. As we said, it's a perfect storm. There are many <laughs> reasons why shrinkflation is happening now. Could you let us know about some of the other reasons, Anna? I think it's also important to mention that another factor in this perfect storm is about cost increases, which have happened due to the pandemic as well. For example, shipping shipping costs are way up, and way up here is a way to say a big increase. Way. Up, actually, two to three times more than before the pandemic. So businesses have higher costs, and as you said, Andrew, they they're figuring out well how can we pass on these costs? Because as we know, businesses are there to make a profit; they don't want to lose money. Also, some other factors that maybe we could throw into the mix are a surge in demand as restaurants start opening. Up again, I think it would be good, Andrew, to explain surge because I'm not sure if many people would be familiar with that word. That's a great point, Anna, and yeah, an excellent word to use in this kind of context. So, a surge in demand means a huge increase very quickly, right? So, it's like suddenly, as restaurants start to open up again around the world, because you know every country is different, but at least in North America and in my country, Canada, many restaurants. Actually, had to close down during the COVID pandemic during the lockdown. So as they all opened up at the same time, they started buying 
products all at the same time, you know, ingredients for cooking food, right? There was a surge in demand. Everybody was buying the same thing at the same time. And this caused prices to skyrocket for raw goods. Raw goods is what we call, you know, things that haven't been processed yet. So we talked earlier about crisps and cereal and ice cream. These are not raw goods, right? These are foods that have been prepared before selling them. But all of those foods have the original ingredients, things like wheat or corn or barley or canola. These are what we call raw goods. So there was a huge demand on these raw goods. And as a result, the prices shot up. So we have all of these factors at play. We have the labor shortages, we have increased shipping costs, we have a surge in demand, and we have the cost of raw goods rising. And all of this led to shrinkflation. So it's a pretty complicated issue, but I think that's the clearest way that we can break it down for our listeners. As you said, Andrew, before, I'm just going to come back to that. You said there's two strategies that companies can use. They can either make the product more expensive or they can make the product smaller but charge you the same amount. And the reason why a lot of companies choose that second strategy is because it's more difficult to notice. So maybe when you're doing your shopping, you don't notice that actually this is a little bit smaller than last time, but you're paying the same amount. So I think that's maybe one of the reasons why it's a problem is it's just really difficult to notice. And little by little, things start getting smaller and smaller and you're taking home less, but paying the same amount. Yeah, it's a big problem because I don't know about you, Anna, but personally, I don't really check the boxes of my food products every week after I come home from the grocery store. And I certainly don't write down the amount that was in the box so that the next time I go to the grocery store, I can check against that. You know, it kind of feels sneaky to me because, you know, people are so busy these days. We're already stressed enough that now we have to throw this on top of things as well. And, you know, I don't have a ton of time to commit to grocery shopping every week, but to go to the grocery store and to look at all of the amounts, how many grams are in this, how many milliliters are in this, and to compare it like that, it's just frustrating that this is the path that the food companies have chosen to take with how they're dealing with this rise in prices. Yeah. And as you said, it's sneaky. I think that's a really nice word. Sneaky is very similar to the adjective sly, which it implies like bad intentions. Okay. Sneaky, like doing something undercover so that people won't notice. In a way, you're kind of tricking your customers because as you said, most people don't look at the weight or for example, how much of the product is contained. But for example, in my case, I look at a couple of products that I've bought over the last year and I think if you start noticing, for example, I'm going to use one product. Um, I buy mince, which is um, beef. And I noticed that it's got 50 grams lighter than last year, but I'm paying the same amount of money. So I've decided that I'm not going to buy that anymore. So we have power with where we spend our money. If we stop spending money in one area or one product, then companies are going to notice. So I think it's a case of, if you notice something like that happening, then maybe choose to buy another product or decide to spend your money in another place. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you there that the consumers ultimately do have the power to make decisions and you know, we can vote with our pocketbooks, right? We can <laughs> show companies that we like what they're doing or don't like what they're doing by either buying their products or not buying their products. You know, one example that came to mind here in South Korea, where I live over the last maybe six months to a year, I can't really remember, but over the last little while recently, is that the price of eggs really went up dramatically. I think that they probably doubled, the price of eggs doubled. And so for a little while, I just stopped buying eggs. And this is a really hard item. To do shrinkflation on, right? Because you usually buy eggs in like a pack of 12 or a pack of 24. And so if suddenly you only have 10 eggs or, you know, 20 eggs in a package, then it would be super noticeable. So I think eggs are one of the products that are safe from shrinkflation, but the price shot up. It was double. And I heard this was due to an avian flu and a bunch of chickens unfortunately had to be put down. So it was a chicken shortage and an egg shortage. And that just caused the increase in the price of eggs. So I stopped buying eggs for a while, you know, but as time went on and the price didn't go down, it's kind of stabilized now. And I started buying eggs again. So un unfortunately, that's one of the products where there's not a great alternative. If you want to eat an egg, you kind of got to eat an egg. <laughs> Another area as well is in restaurants, I've noticed the restaurants have increased their prices, which a lot of restaurants have struggled over the past year. And it's a similar kind of situation. They've had higher costs. Uh, they've had less business. So they're looking for a way to, to make more money. And that I don't like. I, I've been to a couple of restaurants that I would normally go to. And I've noticed in some dishes that they've really increased their prices. And that really puts me off. I really didn't like that. And I decided as you with the with the eggs I've said well I'm not going to go back to that to that restaurant so it can have a really negative effect on your customer experience but then there's also some products that well even if they applied shrinkflation I would still buy it because I love the product so I'm also I'm also not going to say that I would always change. There are some products, especially things like beauty products that I absolutely love. And well, they could apply all the shrinkflation they want. I'm still going to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I think for some products, you know, if you're just a loyal consumer of them and, you know, you love them, then you're going to pay for them no matter what the price is. So Anna, I mentioned a little bit earlier in this episode that you're located in Europe, and I'm really curious about the European situation and how prices are labeled in the grocery store, in the market in Europe, because, you know, I'm from Canada, and when uh, an item in a Canadian grocery store is listed, you see just the price of the item, okay? So let's say it's a box of cereal, we'll go back to the cereal box example, and maybe the price is $5. And so it will just be listed as $5 on the price tag. However, that doesn't include tax. So once you go and pay for the item, then the tax gets added on. And you're actually going to be paying a lot more than $5 for the box of cereal once the tax is added. Because unfortunately, in Canada, we have a high tax rate <laughs> on a lot of things. And also on that price tag, all you see is the $5, okay? You see the, the price per box. 
However, I'm living in South Korea, and South Korea does things differently. So I I think this is a great way to do it. And what we do here in Korea is that when you see the price of the box of cereal, it includes the tax. So the price that you see. On the store shelf is the price you're actually paying. There's no extra hidden calculation that you have to do to figure out how much tax is added. And then they also include the price per a unit, so uh, you can see how much it costs per hundred grams or per hundred milliliters. And this actually makes comparing products really easy because you can see, oh, this box of cereal is. You know, fifty cents per hundred grams, and this one is forty cents per hundred grams. So you can really see very clearly which is the cheaper product, which product has the best value, and so for that reason, I think it's harder to get away with shrinkflation here in South Korea. Maybe not as big of an issue here as it is back home in Canada and also in the states, but. I'm dying to know about Europe in the UK, your home country, and in Spain, where you're living now. How are prices displayed at the grocery store? Well, as far as I remember of the UK, and I think it's the same as in Spain, and I think this is right, but the tax is applied. So when you see that price tag, that is the final price. You don't have to add anything onto that. So that's great. You can do an easy price comparison.、Um, One thing they love here in Spain is they love a two for one. They love a two for one. So there's always offers. I mean, this is another strategy of supermarkets as well to make it seem like you're always getting a deal and to buy more. So there's always offers. So two for one offer, and you know, I think that's also about psychology as well. So you see all these signs, so you think, oh, I'm getting a good deal when actually maybe it's more expensive than it was before, and. One thing they like to do as well is have these two for one offers, and then once that offer is finished and you like the product,、uh, then they bump up the price. So it's also again other tactics to make you spend more money. I think the thing is they're always looking for ways to to make more money. So whether it's shrinkflation or getting you to buy another deal or or whatever, they're always looking for little ways to try and extract more money from you. <laughs> always. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, and it's worth repeating that that is the goal of a business, right? A business's goal is to make money, and if their costs are rising, then they don't want to eat those costs. They don't want to have to lose money, and so they'll try their best to pass it on to us as consumers. And whether it's shrinkflation, whether it's these two for one specials, buy one get one free. Also, it's funny because South Korea. Loves this kind of marketing as well, and the stores here are packed with items that are buy one get one free or buy two get one free,、uh, which is not really common back home in Canada as much. So it's kind of interesting that it it is popular in Spain and Korea. But at the end of the day, the companies are out to make money, and they're going to do their best to try and keep their profits as high as possible. And so maybe that's why they're using some of these. What seem like sneaky marketing tactics? Absolutely, and you know they're there to make a profit. And whether it's sneaky or whether actually from their perspective it's just logical, it's logical to do this as as part of a as part of a business. But as I said before, I think you really do have. You said you vote with your wallet, which I really I really like that expression, and it's absolutely true. So if you feel like you're 
being victim to a sneaky tactic or whatever. You can choose to spend your money wherever you want. So I think, you know, you do have the power to change their behavior as well, not just them changing our behavior in the way that we buy things. So that would be my summary of that. Well, I think we'll leave it at here for today, but listeners, we'd love to hear your opinion on this issue and to also hear what the situation is like in your corner of the world. Is shrinkflation an issue where you live? And what would you do if one of your favorite products suddenly fell victim to shrinkflation? So imagine you got a smaller amount, but you had to pay the same price. Would you keep using that product or would you stop using that product and look for an alternative? The best way to share your opinion and to let us know what you think is by sending us an email. Our address is contact at qlips.com or you could also leave a comment on our website, qlips.com. If you enjoy listening to Qlips and find us helpful for growing your English skills, then we would love it if you could support us. The best way to do that is to sign up and become a Qlips member on our website, qlips.com. When you're a Qlips member, you get unlimited access to our study guide library, plus a ton of extras. It's a great way to learn English and to sign up and become a member, just visit qlips.com. But that's not the only way you can support us. You can also help us out by telling your friends who are learning English to listen to us, by following us on social media, and by leaving us a five-star rating and a nice review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back soon with another brand new Culips episode, and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>